All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 82. Uh, It's been a minute since I recorded. I believe my last episode was right before the draft, so now all of that is complete, and I've had some time to let that all sink in, so we're going to go through some of that today, and then I also want to go through some schedule thoughts. The schedule was just released this past Thursday, I think it was, and it's just funny that the NFL schedule release day is such a big deal, and it proves the point that the NFL truly runs the world. Like, no other sport could do that. No other league could do that and get everyone to be on just just waiting on high alert all day to see if they can get a leak of maybe some of the games or get some inside information on what was going to happen and the best part is like we already knew who the opponents were every team knew who they were going to be playing it was just on what dates and what times and that just I mean that shows the power I don't think anyone cares that much about any other leagues dates and times specifically like they do the NFL so Um, just kind of funny to think about. Um, Before I get into those two topics for today, I'm just going to stick to those. Um, Not going to get into too much else. Um, I did just want to say a couple things that I've been reflecting on a lot today, um, just kind of outside sports. So it feels like there's just a lot happening in the world right now, and I don't always get into it that much on this podcast because it's supposed to be fun and a focus on sports and a focus on just happy things and um, an escape from the world around us, but sometimes things can be so all-consuming in the world that it's hard not to talk about it, and I know for me personally, I've been struggling with everything that's going on lately, whether it's over in Ukraine, the war that's happening right now, and the people that are losing their lives for seemingly no reason in a lot of instances, or at least that's how I personally feel about war in a lot of ways. Um, You have, obviously, women's reproductive rights right now kind of in question, and that's something Uh, That is definitely a a huge concern of mine. And then you also have continued mass shootings in this country that seem to happen way too often. Um, Specifically this weekend, there was a a pretty big one in Buffalo. So my, my thoughts are definitely with everyone there. It's just awful and horrible. And, you know, sometimes I know I'm a person who can really put all of my feelings and all of my time and energy into thinking about all of the the horrible things and obviously you have to have things that you know you can step away from it and think about other things and for me sports and probably reality tv are those things my little bit of escape and my time away from thinking about it but I did just want to say that if any of you who are listening are also struggling with you know, thinking about all of these things and being so consumed with how many horrible things are happening that you just wonder, like, when are when are these things going to get better? When are we going to see those things turn around? Um, you are not alone in feeling that way. I am. I'm right there with you. Um, it's definitely sad, but um, I just keep reminding myself that what I have control over in my life is to be a good person and to be kind to other people. Uh, So I hope you can all do that, be a a good person and put light out into the world. And then also just take care of yourself when you're kind of struggling with uh, thinking about all of these things happening in the world. Just take some time to, 
you know, take care of yourself and get yourself in the right place because you won't be contributing positively to the world um, if you don't get yourself right. So uh, just just wanted to say I'm, I'm thinking of everyone and hoping for better days in all of those situations and you're just you're not alone none of you are alone in, in feeling whatever you're feeling through all of this okay so that's just the sad note I wanted to start on before like I said we get into the escape we get into the things that make life feel great and special and happy and that is sports I mean there's I've talked about it so many times on the show. There's just so many moments in sports that you're just like, wow, I can't believe I'm alive right now. You know, I can't believe I'm alive to watch this. I remember specifically last season during the playoffs, and this wasn't even a Cleveland sports thing, but during the playoffs when Kansas City and Buffalo were playing and the last couple minutes of that game were probably the best football I've ever watched in my life. And... I was just thinking that whole time, like, I cannot believe I'm alive to watch this game right now. Like, it was the coolest feeling ever just to to see what was going on between those two teams. Um, so I know for me, sports are that thing that makes me happy <laughs> to, be, to be here and to be interacting with people and, you know, meeting other fans and, and meeting other people who love sports as much as I do. So this will be our escape and we will get into it. So sorry for starting on a dark note, but I felt like I wanted to say something because it's been weighing heavy on me and I'm sure it's been weighing heavily on a lot of you as well. Okay, so NFL draft. Um, It was a little bit weird this year, obviously, because we did not have a first round draft pick. And then lo and behold, we actually did not have a second round draft pick either because we ended up trading down, um, which I think worked out pretty well at the end of the day. At first, when we traded down, I know I was like, what is going on here? Why are we doing that? There are a couple guys on the board that I really like right now, but um, it's not surprising for Andrew Barry to do something like that. Number one, he loves to trade down, wanted to get some more picks. Um, he got some ones for next year, which is a huge deal because obviously we've been trading away quite a few picks, so we need to make sure we're planning for the future um, while also still making some picks in the present. So I think it worked out pretty well at the end of the day, and we were able to round out the ro- round out the roster in in a nice way. So the first pick ended up being Martin Emerson, the quarterback from Mississippi State, and I think it shocked a lot of people that we took a corner with that first pick. And it shocked me a little at first. Um, when I kind of looked into him, it seems like he would do well in a slot corner type role. And I felt like that made the most sense for him. And then the pick made even more sense the following day, I believe it was, when we traded away Troy Hill, who kind of played in the slot a lot. Um, so I think that's somewhere that Martin Emerson can fit really well into and uh, get acquainted in that role. And you can just have never, t- you can never have too many corners in general. That's something I've said on here. That's something I believe about all rosters, especially with in the AFC right now, all of the wide receiver firepower that you are seeing on all of these teams. You need to be stacked up on corners if you want to find success. Injuries happen. Lots of stuff happens. You need to be ready. I mean, look what happened to the Ravens last year. I feel like at one point, every single corner they had was hurt, and it kind of it, it ruined their defense in a lot of ways because they had really strong corners prior to that. So it's important to have depth at that position for sure, uh, more than a lot of other positions. So I ended up liking the pick um, pretty decently. Then we took Alex Wright, a uh, defense end from UAB, with another third-round pick, the 78th pick. 
liked this pick. Obviously, we needed to stack up on the defensive line in general. Um, I still think we have some work to do. I'm really hoping Clowney is still going to sign. That is my my hope and prayer is that he is still going to sign. I think he's probably just waiting until after um, mini camp and some of the June stuff until things become mandatory after they take that little break and training camp and everything starts up. So I think he's probably just waiting for that, but you know, it's fine. As long as he signs with us, I am fine with it. Uh, but I still like to pick because we need depth at the position anyways. Then the next pick was my, it's either my first or second favorite pick that we made in the draft. So we took David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue, um, with the 99th overall pick. Um, I personally loved this because I watched David Bell play quite a bit being a Ohio State fan and watching mostly Big Ten football. Obviously, he won like the receiver of the Big Ten in 2021, uh, had incredible production at Purdue. He, The reason he dropped so low in the draft is because of his combine numbers. He doesn't have great speed and a lot of his other metrics weren't uh, super positive, but on the field when you actually watch his game tape. He has great route running. He has great hands. He rarely drops the ball. I mean, this is a dude that is consistently finishing through and following through with every single play, which goes a long way on the Browns. We have had way too many drops for way too many years now. I would like someone that is good at consistently catching the ball. So if he's going to continue to limit drops in his professional career, I'm going to be very happy about that. Um, Kevin Stefanski really seems to like David Bell as well. I don't know if any of you watched Building the Browns, but he talked about David Bell a little bit on there, and it seemed like this is his guy. This is the pick he wanted. Um, He just seems, like I said, a smart, good route runner, good strength, good body control. All those things are really important, and just raw speed doesn't always matter as much at the end of the day if you have some of the other skills that make up for raw speed. Of course, there there are some receivers that their speed really is their strength and plays into why they're so explosive. You have the Tyree kills of the league, and that obviously works to his advantage incredibly, but um, it's not everything for every receiver. I mean, we have no shade to Anthony Schwartz, but we have Anthony Schwartz on our roster who is extremely fast, very, very fast, but he didn't have an incredible season last year. He still has to work on some of the other things like his route running, his hands, um, those types of things. So I think you know, it's a, it's good to have a combination of both, but um, as long as you can really, really excel at one or two areas of it, you can you can be a successful receiver in this league. Maybe not a wide receiver on one, wide receiver one on every single team, but you can definitely find success. So, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do. Um, it seems like they might use him in the slot in the slot a little bit um, and just. In, in, in a little bit of a Jarvis way, I guess. Obviously, Jarvis is now with the Saints. Um, kind of knew that was coming eventually, but uh, it'll be weird to see him on another team. But um, yeah, I think he was ready to move on from Cleveland. I just don't think he he was going to come back here. Um, but David Bell, I think, is going to be a great replacement in that type of role on the team. Um, so very, very happy with that pick. Then we took Perrion Winfrey, defensive tackle from Oklahoma, one of three Oklahoma guys we took in the draft. Um, He is just electric, man. 
He was so pumped on his interviews. Every interview he's done so far, he's so excited, so excited to play with Miles Garrett. He is just um, full of energy, and I think that'll be uh, a really fun role to have him in on the team. Um, I also think it's pretty impressive. We got him at number 108 overall when a lot of mock drafts had him mocked up at our pick 44 in the second round. It's it's pretty crazy that he was able to fall like that. I've I've tried to read into some of his stuff at Oklahoma on like why he maybe fell that low. And it seems like from what a lot of the people that watch him consistently are saying is that he kind of was on or off on each play. You just didn't know when he was going to really show up um, and have that kind of consistency. So hopefully him being around Miles Garrett and potentially, you know, Jadavian Clowney, those things can excite him and make him want to work hard every single day and not have him take take plays off or not give his, you know, 100% on every single play. So excited about that one. Um, next one is the one I was also tied between with David Ballon, which was my favorite pick. Cade York, kicker, LSU. I, my heart was so happy when they drafted Cade York. I have been pushing to draft something special teams in, in this draft, whether it was going to be punter, kicker, felt like it was going to be kicker because we obviously made some off-season moves with punting. Um, but I was like, man, the door is open for us to draft a kicker. And this guy is awesome. There's a great video out there of him kicking a 57-yard field goal in the fog against Florida in college. I believe that was in 2020. And it is awesome. Um, I am so pumped to have him. Hopefully he can be just like the next guy for us. He was talking about in an interview that he has talked to Phil Dawson some, which is a, it's a great move, very smart move, um, just to get some advice on kicking in Cleveland, different things with the wind and obviously where we're at on the lake there. Um, and then just cleats or just different advice in general, which I think is really it's awesome to see, and I don't think anyone has been worthy of that in quite some time, but, um, you know, it, it is like a hit or miss with drafting a kicker or a punter. You don't totally know how it's going to go, um, but people who know a lot more about special teams than I do are very confident that he is going to have success in this league and that this is the type of guy that you would want to draft and use a draft pick on, um, so I'm, I'm excited we did it, and look, that's been a huge issue for us. Some people are mad that we drafted a kicker, but if you have a big glaring hole that's been hindering your ability to close out games and have success, why not use one of your many late round draft picks to, to take a guy that you really believe can do that? Otherwise, you're just going to continue to be either mediocre or below average and potentially giving up wins um, on your schedule because you don't have a good enough kicker. I mean, it made a, it made a big difference for the Bengals last season. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl, I believe, without Evan McPherson and what he was able to do for them throughout the season. I mean, that guy was, he's good, and he is mentally tough enough to, you know, make kicks like that in really big moments. So it's important to, to have a guy like that if you really want to have success down the stretch and um, win those tight games when, it's, when it matters. Okay, I'm not going to get into the last few picks as much because I just don't feel like I need to, but we took Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati, Mike Woods, wide receiver from Oklahoma, Isaiah Thomas, defensive end Oklahoma, and Dawson Deaton, a center uh, from Texas Tech. I was a little bit uh, surprised we drafted a center because we have 
um, the guy from Seattle that we brought over. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, and then we have Nick Harris, obviously, still on the roster. But, um, I mean, we had so many late-round picks. It's like you got to do something with it. The only thing I was surprised that we did not do was draft a tight end at some point. We know how much they love their tight ends. Um, we obviously moved on from Austin Hooper, so I was surprised that that was not going to be a priority at all in the draft. But it maybe shows that they are looking to use different uh, types of sets in the offense and not as many three tight end sets as they were previously because we had, you know, Hooper and Njoku um, both on the roster now that we don't have Hooper anymore. I think maybe they're just comfortable with using the receivers a lot more and they're probably more comfortable with Deshaun Watson's throwing ability to these receivers more uh, than they were previously. So that could have a lot to do with it. But interestingly, we did sign a Texas Tech basketball player to play tight end. His name is Marcus Santos Silva. He's six foot six, big guy. Um, seems, I mean, this is like right up there, Allie, just his body type, but as a tight end. But I'm interested to see how it works out because he has not played football since uh, before high school. He quit like in the eighth grade. I believe to focus on basketball in high school, and then he obviously played basketball in college, but he hasn't played the game in a long time. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where they just, I, I feel like they notice maybe the physical traits or the talent or the potential that's there and feel like if they have some time with him, he could become <laughs> something really great. Sorry about that. Um, so I, yeah, I'm interested to see that one, but it was such a classic, like, Stefanski-Berry move. I felt like that was totally right up their alley to do something like that. Um, and I did briefly mention this, but drafting three Oklahoma guys, it it is funny if you go to like any of the posts on Twitter of the Oklahoma account talking about the Browns drafting those guys. It's like the comments are horrendous because obviously the Oklahoma fans hate the Browns so much. And it felt like almost poking the bear a little bit to just keep drafting multiple Oklahoma players and, and continue going on. So uh, I thought that was interesting just with the whole Baker situation, obviously. Okay, so that is all on the draft. Going to get into the schedule release now. Like I said, one of my favorite days, just so much fun. And I don't know, it's fun to start actually like picturing the year and how it's going to look like and seeing where the bye week lands and all that stuff. So um Obviously, you've, if you're listening to this, you've probably looked at the schedule already, so I don't need to run through what each week is, but just going to give some of my thoughts in general on things that I think are important or stand out. So week one, we're at Carolina, which I know everyone's wondering, like, did they schedule this on the chance that Carolina ends up trading for Baker? Then it would be a Baker versus the Browns week one. I think it's still a possibility to happen. I keep I keep seeing things that are like maybe Carolina's still open to it, but who really knows? Um, but that would be quite the week one. Um, also interesting is that our first four games on the schedule, Carolina, Jets, Pittsburgh, and then Atlanta, feels like the easiest four-game stretch possible on our schedule. I know some of the easier ones are probably like Houston, um, maybe Washington, but I don't know. That, that one could still be interesting. Um, but... It, it's interesting that that's to start our season. I think a lot of people were wondering if they did that, um, knowing there could be a Deshaun Watson suspension to start the season. But I don't know if they would fully have the information about that to be able to plan it like that. I think we just got kind of 
lucky on how it felt like that where the the first couple games are a little bit easier so if there is a Deshaun suspension to start the season I think Jacoby Brissett could step in and be able to win some of those games if needed but like I said we still have no idea what's happening uh, we have two primetime games on the schedule. The Steelers Thursday night football game, September 22nd. That's week three. And then we have Cincinnati Monday night football game on Halloween, which that is going to be wild. They put two orange teams on Halloween, like so spooky. That's going to be crazy. But um, I'm perfectly content with only having two primetime games, the rest being 1 p.m. games or those last ones that are kind of TBD on the time. I love 1 p.m. games. I personally love it for just like my life schedule where you watch the game earlier in the day, you have fun all day on Sunday, you can get to bed at probably a normal time and then you're not like exhausted on Monday as horribly as you would be if you're constantly playing like Sunday night games or Monday night games like those are brutal sometimes you're just staying up so late to watch your team play Um, I like to just do it Sunday early get it out of the way then I can just kind of enjoy watching other games for the rest of the weekend if I want to Um, so yeah, I, I am perfectly content with that. I know some people are like, why didn't we get more? I don't, again, I don't even know if it has to do with Watson or anything or just how they laid the matchups, but also all the games past, I think week five can be flexed to another time. So there is the potential that like maybe the Buffalo game or something like that, they end up flexing just depending on how the year's going, um, and how the schedule's going. So I think that is that's a real possibility. I, I'm not concerned about what we did or didn't get in primetime. I mean, we had a million primetime games in 2019 when OBJ joined. I, I think they gave us like five primetime games, I want to say. I, that didn't work out. That was horrible for us. Like, we don't need that. We don't need that pressure. Put us at 1 p.m. Let us fly under the radar. No one pay attention. I would like that much better. Um, so my predicted record right now for the season this is no Deshaun suspension. If there is a suspension, I would probably change the record a little bit. Um, I'm going 12 and 5. I think we are going to lose to the Chargers, to the Bills, to the Buccaneers, one game to Baltimore, and one game to Cincy. I think people are like underrating Baltimore because they were like 75% injured last season. It was it was brutal for them, honestly. You started to feel bad because it's like you don't want to beat a team that is like that beat up. It's just not as rewarding. Um, so I think they're going to come back a lot stronger. They are a consistently good team, a well-run team. And Lamar is a guy who finds ways to win if he's healthy. So I think they they steal one game from us. And I think since he steals one game from us. That's my prediction as of now. It's probably not going to go like that because there's always like one game that we really should win, like Houston or something, and they're going to beat us. Like that's just how it goes. Um, it, it never goes as expected, especially this last season. I mean, every week it was like half the games you were like, I am so sure this is how it's going to go. And it went completely opposite. So you can't predict everything, but it is fun to guess. Um, so like I said, I think Baltimore is going to be better. I think Cincy, this has been a big debate online right now, the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously they just went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, expectations are high for them right now. I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl again just by sheer statistics and likelihood of that happening. It really does not happen. Um, And 
Look, they have a ton of talent. I am not discounting that. Joe Burrow is incredible. Evan McPherson and his kicking was incredible. Uh, the fact that Joe Burrow was able to do what he did while getting sacked like every other play and the connection between him and Jamar, those things were great. And I know they've made improvements this offseason, and I recognize all of that. Like nobody's, Nobody is saying none of that is true or that we don't realize that. What people are saying is that Usually your luck is not that good two years in a row. Just statistically speaking, it does not happen like that for you two years in a row. One guy could tweak his ankle in week two and be out for a while. Uh, and you know, it could be Jamar. It could be someone important on your team. You know, These things happen and you can't really predict them. Um, and they could end up ruining a season. I mean, it ruined Baltimore last season. Right before their season started, they had like three ACL tears or something. And then throughout the season, it just kept getting worse. Um, and that could happen for who knows what team this season. So I'm just looking at the chances for them. The chances are it's probably not going to all go as well for them as it did. Even though I said Evan McPherson is great, he might be, you know, a, a kicker for them for 20 years who's incredible and barely ever misses. Or he could have some games this season where he doesn't make them and the moment is too big for him. You never know. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, Bengals are definitely making it back to the Super Bowl because they improved at X, Y, and Z positions. Like that's just not how it works. (laughs) Unfortunately, like you can't predict it like that. That's not how the league goes. They have a tougher schedule this year being that they made it to the Super Bowl and they won the division. Uh, it's going to be a lot harder for them. So it's just how it goes. I mean, they could totally prove all statistics and theory wrong on how things go. But um, at this point in time, like I don't see see that happening, especially with how stacked the rest of the AFC is and how much better all of those other teams have gotten too. Um, Okay, other comment is that week nine is when our bye week is. And I love this. It comes right after a Monday night football game against the Bengals. Uh, So we don't have to play on a short week after a Monday night football game, which is huge uh, for just health and general well-being of the players going week to week. If your schedule's kind of all over the place, it it does get really hard on their bodies. Um, The only short week we have as of now would be, unless times are changed or flexed or whatever, is Pittsburgh Thursday night football. But that is in week three. Uh, so I don't think that's really going to affect them as much because you're still in a little bit of a healthier place at that point in time. Look, last season, our bye week was week 13 and that was horrendous. It was horrible to have it so late. Like we were holding on by a thread at that point and we were dealing with like the COVID issues and everything. It was just, it was probably the worst timing ever. So I like that the bye week is really in the middle of the season and falls in a better place this year. Uh, definitely appreciate that. And then my my last thing to say about it is that of last year's playoff teams, the Browns only face five of them. The Bills, Buccaneers, Bengals, Steelers, and Patriots. Obviously, like, the Chargers were pretty close. I mean, Baltimore got kind of ruined by the end. But in general, like, our schedule isn't looking too bad. (laughs) Um, Knock on wood. Uh, It's hard to predict because any of these teams could change overnight really or be not what we expected them to be so um that's where i'm at right now 12 and 5 we'll see what happens love having the schedule planning to go to some away games this year so that should be fun um 
but yeah, that's it. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. If you could please leave a rating or a review, I'd really appreciate it. Share with a friend, share with whoever. Um, and I'll probably be recording in a few weeks. I'll be on vacation coming up here soon, which I'm really excited about. So won't get to recording till I come back, but I don't think we'll have anything too crazy to say. Uh, so that's all I have for now. Thank you guys. Uh, like I said, take care of yourselves. I know everything's a lot right now. So just take some time for yourself. Take care of yourselves. Tell everyone around you that you love them um, and just be a good person. That's all I got.